We've included two scripture lessons for our service of worship this morning. The first comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It's about Joseph. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. And this reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, it's all about Mary. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. In the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the one who constantly surprises us. Amen. When we're telling the stories of our lives, whether we're talking about something that happened to us many years ago or just talking about something that happened yesterday, it's not usually the routine stuff that we want to put out front and center. For example, it's not likely that someone comes home at the end of a long day and says, hey, guess what happened to me today? I had lunch at noon. Yeah, probably not the most exciting part of the day. It's the unexpected, sometimes blessed, sometimes annoying encounters in life that capture our attention. These are the stories that we want to tell. Many years ago, when I was traveling through the United Kingdom, I had gone from the northern part of the country to the southern part of the country. I'd met many people along the way, and I was spending a few days in London. And while I was walking through Piccadilly Circus, Suddenly, walking towards me were two men I had met in a bed and breakfast a week earlier, 900 miles north of London. And there suddenly, there we were, staring at each other face to face. 
Now, I had a fantastic time in London that week, and I did all the things you're supposed to do when you're in London. But when I tell the story of that trip, it's the story of that unexpected meeting that I tell. Now, when I read through all the stories that are associated with the very first Christmas, what most impresses me is the way in which the characters involved in that drama were, in one way or another, taken off guard, baffled, threatened, frightened, and yet managed to gain their grounding and do the thing that God needed them to do. I'm thinking about the Magi. They traveled a long way to see the infant Jesus and present their gifts to him. Now, along the way, their journey was interrupted by a meeting with King Herod, who did not have good designs on the life of Jesus and wanted to, to involve the Magi in his evil plot. After the Magi visited Jesus, they were warned in a dream not to go back the way they had come. They would have run into Herod again. Instead, they were told to go home by another way. In other words, to practice some civil disobedience, to disregard the king's order. This was something they probably couldn't have imagined that they had to do. It was an unexpected intrusion in their lives, yet their actions saved the life of the infant Jesus. And then on the night of Jesus' birth, there was a group of shepherds nearby tending their flocks, minding their own business, when suddenly the heavens were ripped open. There was a great inpouring of light, the voices and singing of angels, and they were told to go to the manger and worship this child. So they became among the first welcomers of the newborn infant because something unexpected came into their lives. And the two characters who are closest to the heart of the Christmas story, what adjustments they had to make in order to accommodate the plans of God. I'm thinking about Joseph and Mary. What a job description they were given. Not only to receive this unexpected news into their lives, the birth of a child, not only to raise a baby in a forbidding world, but in doing so, to place their own lives at risk. It was as if God was saying to them, congratulations, you're going to be parents and you're going to be on Herod's most wanted list. It's one thing to change and burp and soothe a newborn, but no sooner was the baby born into that little holy family than they all had to get up and flee everything and get away from that country in order to save him and keep him safe. They remind me of the Afghani evacuees who had to leave their homes so suddenly in recent months, just grabbing a few possessions. Now they find themselves in a strange country looking for a place of home and refuge. Mary and Joseph did not run away from their unexpected encounters with God and angels. We remember their responses to the challenges that they faced, understandably thrown for a loop at the outset, but ultimately they found their bearings. And you could say they became the saviors of a child who was born to be a savior. So this Christmas, I'm asking for the courage of Joseph. This is the courage of someone who does the right thing, even when that person knows that doing the right thing may be costly, who listens to that annoying voice that draws us more deeply into the world of justice and peace and compassion when, when we may not exactly be oriented in those directions. 
who listens to those voices even when that person feels a rising sense of fear and anxiety about the future. When Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant, he actually wanted no part of that drama. And he resolved to dismiss her. He considered himself a righteous person, a person who was truly obedient to the law. Turns out there was a greater righteousness that Joseph needed to follow. I'm thinking, when I think about him, I think of some words by the writer, Japanese writer Haruki Murakami. He said, if something's worth doing, it's worth giving it your best, or in some cases, beyond your best. That's Joseph, who was fundamentally a good person, but who went beyond that level of goodness towards an even greater spirit of love. Joseph reminds me of another reluctant leader upon whom God leaned, and that was Moses. Moses was called out to lead the people of Israel out of bondage, away from slavery in Egypt, and he did not want to be involved. No thank you. But eventually he went along, and it was Moses who stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Thomas Long, who's a wonderful writer, a Christian pastor, says this about Joseph. Joseph becomes a model for the Christian life. He learns that being truly righteous does not mean looking up a rule in the book and then doing the right thing. It means wrestling with the complexities of a problem, listening for the voice of God, and then doing God's thing. To be a faithful disciple means prayerfully seeking to discover what God is doing in a particularly difficult situation. How is God at work in that experience to show mercy and saving power and compassion? So this Christmas, I'd like, I'd like some of the courage of Joseph, and I'm also asking for the courage of Mary. I'm asking a lot for this Christmas. In Mary, we see the, the, the example or the courage of a person who embraces with confidence the intrusion of the divine into her life. Unlike Joseph, who was reluctant, she was not. Mary saw herself, recognized in herself an important part of the drama that God was creating. And that's not a bad way to wake up in the morning. To look into the mirror and say, my soul magnifies the Lord because God is calling me to do something that only I can do. And if I do that thing, however small it might appear to me, this is something that will continue to develop this world of justice that God is creating. That kind of confidence in herself made Mary feisty. And the song that we attribute to her shows that spirit. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's a great sense of self-confidence. Mary reminds me of another teenager who was an extraordinary young woman, a leader in the cause for justice during the early days of the civil rights movement in our country. This young woman, her name was Barbara Johns. And on April the 23rd, 1951, at the age of 16, Barbara led a student strike for equal education at R.R. R. Moton High School in Farmville, Virginia. 
After securing NAACP legal support, the Moton students filed Davis versus Prince Edward County, the largest and only student-initiated case consolidated into Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka, the landmark 1954 U.S. Supreme Court decision declaring separate but equal public schools unconstitutional, helped in large part by a 16-year-old young woman named Barbara Johns. So I wonder, did Jesus get his confidence, his passion for people, from his mother Mary as she sang him that song, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. Joseph and Mary, they were blessed by unexpected encounters with God. They had the courage to follow their convictions. May we feel their courage coursing through our faith as we seek to be as compassionate as God. Amen.